0: Welcome to episode three of our podcast, OR Talks. Today, we'll be introducing two guest speakers. Firstly, Anthony, who is sat here, to answer all your questions <laughs> on tax investigations and HMRC inquiries. Morning, Neil. And later, we have Stephen to answer all your questions on preparing your business for retirement. Here are your hosts, Neil Seeger and Mark Jovanovic. So we've we, we asked you in the last episode to WhatsApp on our on our nice little WhatsApp number. What is it, Mark?
1: It's 01905 777
0: 600. <laughs> so we asked you to WhatsApp in any questions you've had on HMRC inquiries. So we can ask our in-house expert. In-house expert? Definitely in-house. <laughs> <laughs> Just the expert, expert bit, we're not bit, too yeah. sure. <laughs> so yeah, so we have got a few questions that have come in. Um, so... W- Predominantly, the ones that I saw were looking over the well, rented properties, rental houses. Okay, I'm sure, well, I, I see them every day. I don't know about you see them in practice, Mark.
1: Yeah, all the time. All the time it comes up, people just don't realise that they can be caught out so easily by it. What's going on in your world with that then, Anthony? Um, it's a very hot
2: topic. Very hot topic. So, um, for years, um, this has sort of cropped up from HMRC's point of view. Okay. Um, so go back to, I think, 2007, so I'll take you all the way back to 2007, HMRC started running some campaigns, okay, and this was to encourage people to come forward on certain subjects um, okay. that uh, perhaps they hadn't sort of disclosed the right amount of income, um, whether it be offshore income, or in this instance, we're talking about let property, okay? okay, so wind it forward a number of years, HMRC introduced what's called the let property campaign, okay, and it's um, a facility for individuals to um, disclose to Agent Revenue and Customs previously undisclosed income, and it comes with uh, benefits for, for doing that. Okay. Um, HMOSI get an awful lot of information from different sources, Neil, so and I think, Mark, you'll be aware of um, uh, HMOSI's system called Connect. Okay. okay. Connect is an all-singing, all-dancing Supercomputer. (laughs) Supercomputer, it is, it is. It holds billions of uh, bits of information uh, on individuals, on companies, and some of the uh, the data relates to property. Okay. Okay. Um, Their systems uh, link data such as from um, the land registry. Okay, Uh, land registry, obviously, uh, where uh, properties are registered in individuals' names, potentially, uh, when a property gets sold, um, the details of that transaction are updated on the land registry. And information is then transferred across to HMRC directly. So they can see how much I
0: bought a house for and how much I sold a house for just on their supercomputer.
2: Correct. Yeah. That's genius. It's pretty good, yeah. And obviously, they then can cross-reference that information to uh, an individual's tax record. Okay. So, for instance, if you've got two or three properties that you've bought or sold... Have they been declared anywhere on a self-assessment tax return? For capital gains, tax purposes. For capital gains, tax purposes, but also HMRC will look to see how long that property's been held, what has that individual been doing with that property for the period of ownership. Okay, and that's where we start looking at rental income. Yeah. So the obvious
1: question from the revenues point of view, has that property been rented out? Yeah, I think what a lot of people think is the mortgage on there because they don't make any money in their eyes. Yep. They yeah, They don't realise how the mortgage works, do they? And think that's what a lot of people think So well, they don't disclose anything. The whole mortgage payment is covering the rent they're receiving, so there's no profit. That's probably something you see in the uh, investigations with it, isn't it? All the time. So uh, What quite often happens is
2: one HMRC find that a property has been uh, sold, hasn't been potentially um Disclose from a rental perspective, they will write a letter out to the individual who sold that ah, property okay. and they will ask the question Has that property been rented? Uh, is there a kind of profit to declare anywhere on self assessment tax to income tax consequences? And um, a lot of the time, as Mark's sort of just explained, um, people don't understand what expenses you can offset against your income to determine whether or not you've got a profit uh, to disclose. Yeah, okay. to the tax authorities and, and tax to pay. The assumption from a lot of people is all your mortgage interest um, can be offset against your income. So a lot of people are sat there thinking, I'm actually not making any profit on a year by year basis. Uh, there is no reason for me to disclose this income to the tax authorities. And that is not necessarily the correct assumption. Because there's a difference between a tax profit out a cash profit, yeah, correct. just because that, yeah. you're not making you
0: break even from a cash point of view, doesn't necessarily mean you're not making a, a taxable profit, yeah. really. Yeah, yeah so
1: the repayments on it aren't allowable at all, are they? So.
2: They're not, and the rules have, the rules have changed over the last four or five years as to how much of your uh, your mortgage interest you can actually uh, claim. So it trips a lot of people up, uh, and therefore a lot of people are sat there on rental income thinking there isn't a problem. <laughs> Yeah, well, potentially a big problem. You know, potentially. Yeah.
0: You know, obviously, as you say, the tax rules are, you know, interesting on there, and there's an awful lot of rule changes in the last few years. But, but if it is a case by case. I think on on, on those sort of things, isn't it? And it's if you do get a letter, then we're all here to help and support you with that. Um, it's something that we see quite
2: probably every day. I'd say so. Uh, once a week, twice a week, there's a, a letter that comes through on a client and they potentially hasn't got things right, and also. The Let Property Campaign, so this is something that was introduced by HMRC, as I say, a number of years ago. So, firstly, you get letters from the revenue to clients, whereby the revenue come after the client. Yeah. Okay. Um, The Let Property Campaign is potentially uh, a useful tool for taxpayers and agents to disclose rental income to the tax authorities before the tax authorities actually find uh, out about that's it. That's my next question. I was going to say that, what happens if they haven't sent me a letter, can I come forward, but that's what it's geared towards? I mean, is it, it better for them to do that as well? It is. Than wait for HMRC. It absolutely is. So disclosure, so let property campaign uh, is a, a disclosure campaign, okay? If you come forward, tell the tax authorities that um, you have undisclosed income, uh, it's what's known as an unprompted disclosure. Okay. Um, Tax is due, so we'd work out the tax for the individual. We'd work out interest due on late payment because potentially some of this tax should have been paid years ago and interest is charged on late payment. But with it comes penalties. So penalties are uh, tax-geared and they're based on the behaviour of the client. (laughs) That's pretty debatable, isn't (laughs) isn't it? The behaviour of the client. So it's the behaviour that led to income not being disclosed in the first place to the tax authorities okay um, penalties can be mitigated they can be reduced by the cooperation that the taxpayer gives to the tax authorities to correct their tax position okay uh, one way of doing that is to actually go to the tax authorities in the first place and make a disclosure uh, and it comes with reduced penalties so got two situations HMRC go to the taxpayer with a letter saying we've discovered something that's wrong on your yeah. rental income you'll get higher penalties than the similar sort of situation where the taxpayer actually goes to the taxable authorities and makes a disclosure themselves
0: okay so i think the message the message there is if you have if you have got the if you have got properties and you haven't done anything with them you might have had them for a year five years ten years whatever even longer if you have got that then you know sort of just Go to, come good. to us yeah. and then we can then advise you whether you go directly to the revenue or you don't have to worry about or, or whatever.
2: And that's it. And I think a lot of people get very worried about the situation. Um, yeah, you know, that HMRC have lots of powers uh, and let's face it, nobody likes a, a, a brand envelope with the HMRC logo nobody. coming through their door. Um, it creates sort of problems and panic for some people. We're here to... Basically, support people they have got disclosures to make, like rental income that's previously been uh, undisclosed, and mitigate the problem. Depending on the level of um, of the income that hasn't been disclosed, and the behaviour that led to the non-disclosure in the first place, we could be looking at going back 20 years. Uh, 20, in, in 20 certain, years, yeah, in certain circumstances. So, for example, if somebody has um, deliberately hidden the income has deliberately made a conscious decision not to disclose the income to the tax authorities, then we could be looking at a 20-year disclosure. If, on the other hand, you go to the other extreme and somebody's made an error, and it's just they've misunderstood something, we could be looking at a six-year disclosure uh, or a four-year disclosure, if they've actually taken reasonable care to get things right, but they've actually got things wrong.
0: So if, if, they've, if they've only had the reference property for, say, two years, yeah. Could they still go back six and look at my other affairs or just literally just for that two year period?
2: And this is again where you've got to be really careful with disclosures and that's why agents need to be involved or tax professionals with most disclosures. Um, any disclosure to the revenue, so whether you're using a let property campaign or one of the other um, digital disclosures um, that are available to um, to disclose previously undeclared income across the board, so it doesn't have to be rental income. Yeah every disclosure has to be a full disclosure. Right, okay. Okay, so if you've got rental income that hasn't been previously disclosed, but you've got other income that also (laughs) hasn't been previously (laughs) disclosed, everything has to be disclosed. Okay. Okay. Right. If you don't, um, you submit a disclosure to the tax authorities, um, you calculate the taxes due, the interest payments that might be due, and the penalties, because that's what you have to do, you miss out on something um, that should have been disclosed elsewhere, uh, potentially you could be looking at criminal prosecution. So you've oh, got... You, it's quite you, serious yeah, then, yeah. It yeah. is. You've got to look at every bit of income that you've got and make sure that any disclosure is a full disclosure. It doesn't... So let property campaign, by its very nature, is rental income, but it, at the same time, you, you need to be disclosing everything.
0: Yeah, because there be people listen to this that, that have potentially, you know, sort of not... Not worried about something, or you know, doing a little bit of self-employment, not declared it, or whatever, and then you know, obviously, then had this let property campaign. They're going to go go forward with that, but then you know, obviously, they're going to be the advice probably to tell us everything, and then us to then decide what you know how we proceed with each separate thing. HMRC will be
2: looking at full disclosure. Okay. okay, that's the whole point of any kind of disclosure to the tax authorities. Um, if you miss something out then um you know potentially further down the line if that is found to be a material uh, error um you could face worst a criminal prosecution
1: but it's best to be upfront with us because if we don't know the full picture we can't give the correct advice can we that's okay. absolutely that's exactly it. we can only advise on what we know uh, it's also there's more ways of finding out about rental income as well isn't there from what i've been reading so are the letting agents as well going to be reporting properties they're renting out to HMRC
2: as well. Yeah, so again, we go back to HMRC information powers, yeah. uh, Mark, and I think you're aware of them, but uh, a lot of people won't be uh, aware of, of what powers HMRC have, so they can demand lists from letting agents of the landlords that they hold on their records. Yeah. They get all kinds of information from those lists, but names, obviously, uh, and addresses, how long those individuals have been on uh, their records. So straight away, HMRC have got quite detailed information of of who's a landlord and who isn't. Cross-reference that to self-assessment tax returns. Are those individuals in self-assessment and reporting that income? If they're not, then you're more than likely to get uh, an inquiry
1: yeah the hiding spaces are closing aren't they isn't they? Yeah. they are they are yes yeah. they are and that's a good thing you know it's um, it
2: means that you've got a level playing field
0: we hear it all the time and one of the things that co- that's come up with me with in, in my world recently where um they um, believe that because they had a residential mortgage and not mm. a rental mor- a mortgage buy to let mortgage and therefore, no one's ever going to find them. Mm-hmm. And as we as we know that that didn't, <laughs> that, they didn't get away with it because of the mortgage. <laughs> but people do believe that if they've got a different sort of mortgage, then then they're you not know? going to get. But if they're renting it out, and you know they'll see the land registry. That's probably the most important. Thing. So you've got say two houses. And they'll, you know, and they that can build up the per- from the, from the connect to the
1: supercomputer. Yeah, that's taking advice of someone in the pub as well, isn't it? Maybe the pub's not declaring theirs because of this. Correct. Eevee. Don't take their advice. Come and speak to us. <laughs> yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent.
0: That that goes oh. across the across the board, really. Yeah. But but in particular today, Editors. obviously, on, <laughs> 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 properties. It does.
2: I mean, connect. Just going back to connect briefly. Um, it is all singing. It is all dancing. So H uh, M R C profile individuals. So again, if somebody's renting out a number of properties. Um, and using that income to support their lifestyle. Mm-hmm. Um, potentially, HMRC will see from self assessment tax returns that have been declared um, that miss out that rental income. Maybe that lifestyle doesn't necessarily um, match with match the tax return. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I know, you know, somebody driving around with four Ferraris uh, as an extreme example um, who's just got a bit of self employed income. But they'd be looking at social media for that then, so things like Facebook Instagram and Instagram. Yeah, HMRC do look at everything these days so yeah, you know you know the the there is no real hiding place um i think the only issue hmrc have got is resources obviously so have just gone through covid mm-hmm. uh, a lot of resources have been shifted around hmrc to look at furlough schemes and the grant schemes so resources have been stretched i'm now beginning to see a focus back to compliance work so away from um, those sort of support schemes and back to general compliance work yeah which means things like property income is going to start getting looked at. And I've seen it in a lot of letters that have been coming out recently. Is there, is there anything else that's that's sort of a hot hot topic
0: at the moment? Because I've seen an awful lot of things to do with um, overseas stuff at the moment. And I've, a couple of people have asked questions about overseas and declaring and what income should be declared here, what income shouldn't be declared here. Yeah. And you know, fingers, fingers have got burns <laughs> from not declaring things in, in different countries. Is there anything come from your board with the overseas stuff?
2: Yeah, again, it's another hot topic. Um, HMRC really don't like offshore income, particularly where it's been. <laughs> the don't particularly, yeah, particularly where it's been not disclosed. So yeah. um, there is, a, um, I, I think, a feeling with with the HMRC that um, tax avoidance and tax evasion, uh, a lot of it occurs offshore and money is put offshore to hide it. But so just just on that, so what what's the difference? Or, so, so which one, which one,
0: which one is, just say, do we say naughty, and which one's sort of okay?
2: It's a good question. It's a very good it's question. To and I think, <laughs> <laughs> I think the lines have been blurred yeah. over the last 10 or 15 years. So tax evasion is the, the deliberate uh, evasion of tax, so hiding income, um, hiding assets. Oh, property, pro- properties. Right <laughs> Potty- potentially, yeah, potentially. Yeah. Um, tax avoidance is... Well, it used to be the use of um, tax arrangements, legal tax arrangements to mitigate your tax liability. Okay. okay. Um, then we've, over the last 20, 30 years, we've got um, lots and lots of tax avoidance schemes, oh, yeah. which yeah. cross the barrier and blur the lines quite a lot. So, um, tax avoidance and tax evasion, you'll probably get a different answer from a lot of people. as to, as to what's what? Particularly the man on the pub. Yeah. Particularly
0: the man. Down <laughs> the down professionals, the pop, I suppose, you'd probably <laughs> get a similar-ish. Evasion is
2: deliberate. Avoidance is the mitigation using using the the uh, the legislation. If you've got a tax avoidance scheme, then you're into um, you know um, muddy waters really. So you know um, things like you know your ISA not a problem. But if you've actually um, invested in something, uh, somebody's come and and sold you uh, what's something that sounds too good to be true. Um, you know, you're not going to pay uh, tax on, on certain amounts of income because it's set up in a certain way. Um, often involving an offshore arrangement, then it probably is too good to be true. Literally so, took the words out my yeah. mouth. <laughs> like I was about <laughs> to say that. Yeah. It generally is.
0: If anything, yeah. something some, sounds too good to be true. But if someone does offer you that opportunity and you're not sure, by all means, come and ask us. Yeah. You know, that's what we're. That's what we're here for. And we'll tell you. Actually, know that it's too good to be true. But
2: definitely. Definitely. Yeah. And uh, you know, most of the time, it is. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it is, it is. Yeah, it Sorry,
0: is. I just wanted you about your overseas. So we're talking about income from overseas and yeah. actually not liking it. Well no. <laughs> uh, and
2: that comes again from um a lot of the tax avoidance arrangements have um an offshore nature. Okay. Um yeah. so back in twenty nineteen, um in fact prior to, to twenty nineteen, the rules hit fifth of April twenty nineteen. There was something called the requirement to correct legislation. Okay. Uh, failure to correct legislation. Um, so the requirement to correct legislation basically uh, encouraged people to come forward and to correct their tax affairs, uh, whether it's previously undisclosed offshore income or offshore disposals. Okay. okay. Um, you had to do that by the 5th of April 2019. So when we're talking disposals, we're talking there for... You're like, talking property.
0: property uh, stuff so for overseas, so I've got my holiday like home in Spain. Overseas assets
2: that may, may have been uh, sold um, giving rise to a UK tax liability. Okay. As you know, Neil, and as you know, Mark, if you're a UK um, resident individual, um, you are taxed on your worldwide income.
1: Yeah. yeah, and that's something people don't understand always, is it? They've been it's offshore. it's nothing to do with the UK. It's not Absolute, Absolutely, yeah, and people forget
2: as well about yeah. bank accounts that have been opened 20, 30 years ago. <laughs> with yeah. money in them, uh, they're just um, getting a little bit of interest each year, but it accumulates, it accumulates. So HMRC, we're looking really at trying to uh, encourage evaders and avoiders of tax to come forward and, and correct their liabilities, okay, their tax position. Um, but it caught an awful lot of individuals who perhaps shouldn't have been caught with that legislation. Okay. Um, so I'm talking here more about in, um, taxpayers who have a bank account in India, in France, wherever it might be, that they have potentially forgotten about, that potentially yep. is having tax deducted at source. So. Um, they're not receiving the full amount of income. They're receiving uh, an amount after tax has been deducted. And that tax is paid over to... Yeah. That, 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 the the tax is paid in a different jurisdiction. Yeah, um, People think, fine, we don't have to don't have to disclose it anywhere. Yeah. Um, certainly not in the UK. Why should I? Because I've had... Already paid tax on it. Yeah. yeah. I've already paid it. Yeah. But that's not right. <laughs> so, uh, unfortunately, the rules here say that it's got to be disclosed. And the interaction with the UK um, tax rates mean that sometimes the overseas tax deducted does not cover the full amount of taxes due in the UK. Right, oh, yeah. Okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. It catches yeah. an awful lot of people out. Um, so the going back to the uh, the failure to correct and the requirement to correct. So the requirement to correct basically said you've got to correct your tax affairs with an offshore issue. Yeah. To, okay If you didn't do that, you fall into what's called the failure to correct rules, um, which are draconian by their very nature. So, if you failed to correct your tax affairs and HMRC subsequently find out that you failed to correct them, then penalties start at 200% potentially of the tax tax liability.
0: So I can pay (laughs) pay the tax that I owe plus 100% plus another 100%. Absolutely.
2: Absolutely. That's expensive. It is. It is. (laughs) And and that's where i think uh, the legislation has in my opinion um caught an awful lot of people who shouldn't be caught so we've got individuals coming forward and they're right to come forward because they need to correct it before it gets worse um but they come forward expecting a tax liability uh, and a penalty of some kind and then they're suddenly faced with potentially 250 uh, percent sorry 200 percent penalties um you can mitigate those penalties as with every single disclosure with HMRC uh, cooperation so giving telling help HMRC with information um, to to correct the tax position uh, that will always mitigate a penalty but it's uh, the requirement to correct is something that HMRC are um, enforcing um, it sounds like
0: a 200%. That's definitely
2: enforcing.
1: It's <laughs> a common theme here though, isn't it? Like, come forward and I'll be open and don't try and hide anything. Yeah. And you're better off. It's basically the common theme I'm getting. It is. Yeah, I yeah. It is. I and mean, I think, again,
2: we have a lot of clients come forward who potentially have sort of sat on a problem for 5, 10, 15 years and decide now's the time to come forward um, because they're waiting, they're almost waiting every single day for a, a, an envelope to come through from HMRC. And when they come forward, the disclosure is completed, the tax position is brought up to date, suddenly there's a big weight off their shoulders. Yes. Yeah, uh, yeah I can imagine. Have, and and it, you know, we see it all the time, um, that people are relieved when it's all, all completed. I think
0: one of the biggest things is fear. People are very scared of that, and scared of actually that 200% or whatever, and don't realise the fact that if you do come forward, you know there is ways to, you know, yeah. to, to, to reduce
2: things. That's right, and I think you know HMRC will always um, look favourably on somebody who, who does come forward. Um, you know, the, the the campaigns, the disclosure campaigns, again by their very nature mean HMRC have to do less work. Yeah, okay. true. So uh, the taxpayer, together with their tax advisor, would put all the calculations together, submit it to HM Revenue and Customs, um, potentially get questions asked of that disclosure but it's very much a case of the taxpayer and their agent does all the work. Um, That means HMRC can just sit there, wait for the disclosures to come in, and then check them based on the information they have. Flip that, if HMRC have to do all the work because somebody hasn't come forward, um, why would you expect to have favorable treatment in that situation? And that's why the penalties are are that much higher. Um, You know, it's to encourage people to come forward and correct things.
0: People do come to us with with already with a bill from HMRC because HMRC have calculated something and then want us to then try and reduce it. So actually say, well, on the minute they've given me a penalty of two hundred percent here plus my tax. Can you help me? Or well, at that point, we're probably a little bit
1: too late. We're on the back foot, I guess, aren't we? Because it, HMRC have already found out about it. So you've lost that argument. That you've come forward, and yeah, it becomes a lot more difficult.
2: You know, you you, you can open up old cases with it with the tax authorities. Um, But it does become that much more difficult, you know, so again it's, as Mark sort of says, we're on the back foot straight away, Um, every single time it's much better to to be on the front foot, disclose, um, then you've got a chance, but uh, you know, it's often too late if HMRC have um, assessed and you've got a settlement in place from a disclosure or from a, a prompted letter from the revenue um, yeah they're already they're already
0: catching yeah. up with you aren't they yeah. at some point so it is easier if you think you've got you think you've got a problem tell us and we can then yeah
1: you know that's it so you know earlier we were talking about the behavior of the taxpayers so say HMRC agree a lower penalty yep. is it the behavior going forward as well can that impact on that it can yeah so um going back to the last um
2: point that is a point an area that we can sort of assist in. so um i'll go through the behavior categories a little bit Mark because I think they'll give um, yeah. listeners or uh, viewers <laughs> an, <laughs> a, an idea as to, as to where um, where the boundaries lie okay so um, they are basically has, a, uh, has an individual taken reasonable care to get things right and just got things wrong um, you'll get a a, a a much reduced penalty or, or no penalty has the uh, error um been caused by careless behavior, okay? Define careless. Uh, that, <laughs> yeah, literally, yeah, it's that, a subjective. Uh, it is very subjective and, and case law um, comes into that um, quite a lot in terms of arguing with ancient revenue and customs whether the behavior of somebody <laughs> is careless <laughs> or deliberate, which is the next category. up. So each time you sort of, um, you go through a change in category, it progressively gets worse. So reasonable care, got it wrong. Careless, got it wrong. Deliberate behavior, that's where the penalties start really cranking up, Um, and fraud, okay? So obviously the last two, deliberate behavior um, and fraud, you'd expect to get higher penalties than if you took reasonable care, just got it wrong, or actually uh, you didn't take enough care, you were a little bit careless. Um, Where Mark is sort of coming from, I think, is, if you can categorise the behaviour that led to the problem in the first place as careless, um, chances are you can um, come to to some arrangement with HM Revenue yeah. and Customs about be- your behaviour going forward, and um, put certain conditions in place to hopefully make sure that no errors happen in it the next twenty four months or twelve months, and suspend the penalties.
3: that uh, HM Revenue Customs has calculated.
2: Ah. You can suspend them, so the conditions will be put in place and. To be agreed with the tax authorities, okay, yeah. but they could be something along the lines of the income that has been previously been uh, non-disclosed will have to be disclosed on a self-assessment tax return. It'll need to be checked by a tax agent. Um, you'll have to file your tax return on time and pay your taxes on time, for pretty simple conditions. I say, to yeah, that's not too bad. Uh, that sounds it's quite nice. That's not too onerous. <laughs> then potentially any penalty that's been um, charged in the careless. Behavior um, area will be suspended uh, ah. and cancelled once Ooh. the time as, limit, as long as, long as you yeah. oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, come to an end.
1: Yeah, that's a good point, though, isn't it? To be, to be aware of, they've got to go forward. Then keep on top of everything it is, yeah. Yeah, You
2: can't just go back to your old yeah. way. <laughs> <laughs> it's, There's it's your penalty. <laughs> but, yeah, it's not going to work. It's not going to work. So Thank they can you. put
0: all that work in and get them to accept it. And then, if someone doesn't, then it's yeah. <laughs> wasted. It. That's it. That's it. That's
1: <laughs> it. <laughs> well,
2: hopefully, people don't do that. Um, you'll be surprised; some people, you know, do go back to their old ways. Um, hopefully, once you've got a, a tax advisor or a, you know a accountant on board, you've brought everything up to date, um, then you can keep up to date. So, again, the disclosures work really well from the revenues perspective because yeah. they often get people who weren't in self-assessment into the self-assessment system. Uh, once they're in, it's a lot easier to track them. Um, yeah. But yeah. Also from, yeah. From our perspective, um, you know, it's 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 a lot easier to advise um, and give proactive advice on something that we know about. Definitely. Yeah. So so
0: that's that's basically all the questions that, that I had that came that came through. Have you anything else that's
2: exciting in your world? Uh, I wouldn't say exciting. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I wouldn't say <laughs> oh, I don't know. No, I find no, it fascinating. I'd, I'd <laughs> I think um, nudge letters. Um, which um, these are letters from HM Revenue and Customs that try, the nature of them change quite a lot over sort of a 12, 24 month period. But they're always pointing people into the, the uh, into doing something. So actively tax. encouraging taxpayers to, um, to do something, okay? Uh, can be across a whole spectrum of, uh, of different areas of, of tax. So an individual might Wake up one day, they've got a horrible letter from the revenue, and yeah. brown envelope, open it up, and the letter simply says, um, we'd like you to review your self-assessment tax return for the year-ended 5th of April 2020, for example, yeah. uh, or 5th of April 2021. And uh, it might encourage them to look at a certain area. So it could be, have you disclosed your rental income? Uh, for for properties, have you disclosed correctly your benefits in kind from your uh, your employment income? And that's a a bit of a nudge to say, look, HMRC have something on record that suggests something might be wrong, okay? Uh, Ask the taxpayer to go away and check that their tax return that's been submitted is fully correct and compliant. Uh, If it is, not a problem. Uh, if it isn't, um, then it actively encourages them to uh, so make fix amen- it <laughs> to, to make amendments. Um, with that comes um, difficulties, really, and the people I don't think fully understand. So it's actively asking you to do, do something. If you decide not to do something, you are making a deliberate, conscious decision not to do not it. to yeah. do something, and therefore at a later date, if uh, a full inquiry. Um, is uh, undertaken into your tax affairs that subsequently finds a problem that relates to that letter. They're um, not quite so kind. They're not
0: kind yeah, <laughs> with <the>, a <laughs> penalty. So yeah, yeah. Um, and we
1: go back to the, the categories that we've just yeah, gone through. Yeah, yeah. yeah they're still sort of giving you a chance, aren't they? they yeah, are. So, so they if rent. they send you a letter, they they, they know something or they, they, they are sure. They suspect something But not always wrong, uh, wrong is it? The tax return it can be sometimes. Oh,
2: yeah, and this is yeah HMRC don't get everything right. So we've had in the last uh, couple of weeks, I've had a a, a nudge letter from HMRC on a client to say, have you disclosed uh, a sale of a property? Um, On this very same day, we've had a letter coming through from a different area of HMRC saying. here's your capital gains tax disposal form <laughs> with regards to the property that they're, um, they've are they written about in the first instance. So oh, they're right. sometimes not joined up, yeah. but the whole, um, you know, my ethos on that would be, if you get a letter from HMRC and it's asking you to do something, proactively do something, make sure that you have checked what they're asking you to check. Yeah. Correct it if it is wrong. Uh, even if it's not wrong, I would still potentially ask, um, or ask a tax advisor for a second opinion um, to make sure that um, you know your understanding of the position is correct, and also write back to HMRC say yes, I have checked the return, and to the best of my knowledge and belief, yeah. it is correct. Um, don't just ignore it. Don't no. just ignore it. But that's probably the worst. That's probably what most people do, isn't it? It comes yeah. through. Look at it and go, no, nah, it must be a thing right, yeah. Off it goes. Shoot my in third way.
1: Yeah. But so right.
0: even if so, do people even get those letters if if a tax professional has done their tax return? Absolutely. So, so okay, so so actually, even if I could, I, you know, I could get one and think, well, actually, my accountant's done that tax return, so it be all be fine because it's been done by a professional. So I then ignore that letter. Am I better on that forwarding that letter onto my accountant and saying, look, I've had this. What do you think?
2: Absolutely, absolutely. I I, I think um, the, the again, I use a, a different example, maybe the uh, the letters coming out on benefits in kind, um, so asking people to just double check. What's being recorded as a benefit on their employment income side on a self assessment tax return? Um, that might not actually be the self assessment tax return that's wrong. It could well, well be that yeah. the employer, for example, has incorrectly uh, reported benefits to HMRC on car, for example. Could, yeah, absolutely. So it could be that the self assessment tax return is right, but the employer has reported something incorrectly. The, the taxpayer has to do something. So, yeah. I'd act- actively encourage them to go to the employer in that example uh, and say, look, what has been recorded? Yeah. What has been reported? Um, because maybe an amendment has been made, for example. Mm-hmm. So, uh, taxpayers received their form P11D, which covers all the benefits in kind. Maybe that um, there's two versions of it. HMRC uh, has got one version, the taxpayer has got the other. Yeah. Um, the records need to be joined up somewhere. Yeah. Unfortunately, these nudge letters put the emphasis on. Uh, the individual. On the ta- on the taxpayer. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. And we're starting to see nudge letters on crypto as well aren't we? We're gonna be looking at crypto we'll next month. Ne- that's the are, next month, yeah. Don't too much <laughs> that one. But it's <laughs> worth saying, isn't it? Like yeah. HMRC know about the crypto, so they're nudging people. They do. again coming back to to connect, um HMRC
2: wrote out to uh, a lot of the um the cryptocurrencies for want of a better phrase. So Bitcoin um for example, um they received uh, an awful lot of uh, information directly from um, the platforms, the cryptocurrency platforms. Um, With regards to individuals who hold cryptocurrency, crypto assets.
0: Any level, whether that be five grand, fifty grand.
2: Absolutely, so again, they get it. uh, I think it it will surprise people how much information HMRC do hold. Again, it's whether or not they've got the the ability to action it, Uh, but we saw just before Christmas last year, a number of letters coming out Mm. from the revenue to taxpayers saying we are aware that you hold crypto assets crypto uh, currency, do you need to record this on a self-assessment um, so again they're aware of it um, uh, so they, they nudge people to to make a disclosure if one needs to be disclosed whether it be income or capital gains cryptocurrency is a, a minefield as Mark well yeah. known. um it's very yep. very complex yeah um, can be very very difficult can be very easy to get wrong HMRC have Certain interpretation, I think, uh, as to where uh, the tax point potentially is yeah. for crypto assets and cryptocurrency, uh, that might not necessarily uh, be agreed. decided table, yeah. But certainly, <laughs> you know, it's, it's a it's a minefield. Yeah, and it needs to be looked at. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, I think the the podcast on uh, Cryptocurrency, crypto assets will be a... Will it's, be a, a three hour podcast, it's a three-hour yeah. podcast. It's <laughs> a three-hour podcast. I'm not so sure that we we'll cover it, no, to be it's, honest. Uh, <laughs> that, it's not the listening
0: that, to that, hours, Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah. We've just gone through investigation and stuff, and I'm telling it's a three-hour podcast next.
2: <laughs> <laughs> but again, it gives uh, it gives people an idea of what information yeah. the tax authorities do get. It's, yeah. You know, it's across the, the board. It's... Um, it looks at uh, you know uh, where people or when people have been on holiday out of the country because uh, they get reports from uh, Passport Control, um, what properties they have, because that's on the land registry, what cars they, they own, DVLA. Um, so it's every government agency feeds into Connect uh, and then obviously on top of that, HMRC have information powers to request details of, um, for example, letting agents, crypto currencies it is it's a broad spectrum of information
1: that they get sounds Um, like the only thing that they don't know is what i've got (laughs) in my bank account they probably do they probably do (laughs) banks (laughs) will probably report as well unfortunately
0: probably yeah because i'm thinking everything else has to be reported apart from i do report i don't think anyone reports on bank balance maybe they do
1: your bank balance probably (laughs) now but But no h1c are basically big brother aren't they really they are. And see never know everything. Yeah, I
2: think, well, you know, gone are the, you know, gone are the days of um, it's it's easy to hide things. I think now, you know, very much the approach should be if I've got something or I've got income, um, it will be discovered at some mm. point. Um, and rightfully so. Obviously. Oh, yeah, it's fascinating. I think it's just... It's a, it's a big area I mean I, I'm i lucky in terms of my job I think yeah, every single day a letter will come through from the tax authorities and I don't quite know what's going to happen <laughs> the only person on the
0: planet that says they're lucky to
2: actually ask me <laughs> <I should laughs> wait for the postman every morning your <laughs> today <laughs> 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 well that brings you on to the next thing you know it, it's just it's, it's dealing with that initial letter so every letter from the revenue should be dealt with promptly yeah um some will cause a lot of panic, depending on what, what he said. Um, so, you know, inquiries into your self assessment tax return for the year-ended, whatever, could cover the whole tax return. Same so with corporates, you know, it, it could be looking at um, the the whole corporation tax return, so that's what we'd call a full inquiry. It looks at every single entry, potentially, on that tax return. Um, you get a letter like that, you've got to deal with it. Um, yeah. The thing to do is not to panic, but to look at the deadlines, make sure you hit the deadlines. HMRC will all get, always give you a response date. Um, they don't always stick to it. Um, but uh, but in terms of the taxpayer and agent, you should work to that date. Uh, and again, that comes back to mitigating your penalties, uh, cooperating, helping, and telling HMRC also involves doing that on a timely basis.
0: Um, yeah, and don't, don't forget, people shouldn't, shouldn't forget that we're, that we're not HMRC. That you know, we will quite happily talk to them and tell them, look, this is something to be worried about. This is not something to be worried
2: about. We're not HMRC, and I think um, what we're there to do is make sure taxpayer um, pays nothing more than what is due. Yeah, Yeah. the penalties are mitigated, um, and that the revenue um, are dealt with in in, you know a professional way. Uh, Yeah, they're there to do a job. Uh, And again, I think some people. whether it be a, a taxpayer or a profession or professional, we'll look at HMRC. And, you know the barriers go up uh, and yeah. the defence comes in. But I think yeah, exactly. you know, from my perspective, they have a job to do. Um, they need to be cooperated with if they overstep the line. So you will get some questions from the tax authorities that shouldn't be asked. Yeah, okay? um, they need to be told they can't ask that question. Um, that happens in quite a few inquiries. But only we know that yeah. because we're only professionals. We know that. So. You know, outside the scope of the inquiry that is currently um, underway, would be the response. Yeah. Uh, in certain circumstances, so tax professionals will know that. Tax investigation specialists will know that um, it's a bit difficult for a taxpayer, an individual taxpayer, to go, No, I'm not entering that. Yeah. No. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Well,
0: they wouldn't. They wouldn't know. They wouldn't have they wouldn't. the, you know, the sort of the, the knowledge that, that that you've got absolutely. So to say that.
2: Absolutely. And I think you know sometimes the the question asked by HMRC. It, it, is an innocent question sometimes it, it quite clearly is not it's um, digging for information that um might trip you up as an individual um and that they should be doing that
0: but they but can't you know they can try it can't they but then that's that's why people use people like you and, and us to be able to
1: you know make that decision yeah. sort of with them that's it that's it we're there for our clients aren't we to support and advise Absolutely, yeah. Well, that's, that's all my questions. I haven't got any. I haven't
0: got any more questions at all. Have you got any more? I haven't. No, I think we've covered a lot there. To be fair, that's yeah. literally have, co- we whole have covered a <laughs> <whole> lot. <laughs> <laughs> well, th- th- thank you very much for answering answering our questions and our listeners' questions. We really do appreciate you uh, you coming in. No problem. Good. Thank stuff. you. Thank you. So next we'll be having Stephen, Stephen. coming in coming in to uh, yeah. to to go through preparing your business for retirement. Okay, uh, we've we've had a few questions WhatsApped in. Um, oh, okay. So, right. uh, so th- these aren't. There's a couple of my questions, a couple of Mark's questions, a couple of our listeners' questions in here. Mm-hmm. Okay, so obviously you can imagine that you, you've run a business for for many years, and you come to a point, and you go, right then, what do I what do what do I, what do? I do? What, what, are my, what are my options? So you know, so the the, fir- the first thing is, if I want to retire, looking at a limited company <laughs> to start with, can I sell my shares to anybody? Yeah basically um probably not anyone under the age of 18 so it has to be sold, sold
1: to an, an adult um yeah. Does that have to
0: be a
3: member of my family or can that
0: be uh,
1: my next-door neighbor they could
3: be anyone next to neighbor
1: a living person yeah family members have advantages so if you're selling your like your shares in the limited company then yeah. what happens tax wise then who what do you pay when do you pay it's
3: different tax consequences depending on who buys it so it's case by case basis yeah it's not a simple got, one
0: and say, say I say I'm going to sell my shares to my son or daughter you know does yeah. it doesn't really matter you know it's it's whatever they work they potentially work in the business they work in the business yeah so can I sell
3: my shares to my son or daughter who works for me yeah of course you can you can either know to be capital gains tax um I mean gain that's depending on the price it's sold at um because inheritance tax implications as well and that all depends on longevity of life for the seller. Um so even if I
0: give my shares even if I gift my shares to my to my son or daughter that yeah. I pay capital gains
3: tax on those. You can do it unless you hold over the gain and that uh, that basically means you defer it and that person pays it when they sell the shares subsequently
1: ah. so yeah so basically that means you inherit the original base cost of the shares doesn't it yeah do that. it does yeah so but, just the gain ends up being
3: larger as long as the company grows yeah so you can do that that's an option as long as it's a trading company since they have to meet certain
1: requirements isn't it to yeah. be able to do that but yeah that's yeah an option. So, so there's
0: different tax so, but but if i sold it to my next top shares my, to my next door neighbour, yeah would I or would I get that
3: holdover gain benefit? You can do you can do it. and choose to do it. It's the joint election. So both the person buying and the person selling have to both say yes to it. Yeah. Um, so from a selling
0: point of view, there's no there's no benefits to me selling it to my next neighbour or no, my or, re- or no 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 not
3: really son no no there's no different really um, apart from just who carries on the legacy of the company. If someone wants to if the seller wants to retain the shareholding in the company in, in the company, they might trust their family to after the company and make it more profitable in the future.
1: That's it with a lot of our sort of clients. they built the business up from scratch, haven't yeah. they? So it means a lot to them. It's more than just a business that they yeah. want to hand over. They're proud of it, aren't they? They've put a lot of time and effort into it. So, Well, mm-hmm. it is a legacy, as, yeah. as, as you probably yeah. say. You know, it's, yeah. it's something, it's something hopefully, that you want to stay in your
0: family for generations.
3: Yeah, yeah exactly that, yeah. So, yeah, I love having the next neighbour might not care too much. And if you've got a, you've got an income source coming from the business because you own shares still and you get dividends, or you're taking out um other remuneration, then then you want someone who's going to grow it, and yeah, continue to run it properly how you want it to as well.
0: Keep it going, yeah. So, there are any are there any times where I could sell my shares in my business and not pay tax, any tax? So, if I've got a limited company, yeah, say you know, I've got my own, say I don't know heating and plumbing business, just the first thing I think of, mm-hmm. and I have a, I should have thought of accountants really, but I <laughs> a heat okay. and plumbing okay. business. You're you a plumber, <laughs> you <say> <laughs> uh, No comments from me. Um, so if you've got a um, subsidiary and, a, hold, and a, so I've got a holding company, which yeah. is a company that owns my trading company, yeah. okay, and I i don't know, uh, Mark comes in and Mark says, you know, I want to buy your heat and plumbing business because yes. I want to be a heat and, plumber, <laughs> heat and plumbing engineer.
3: Can I sell, if I sold that company to Mark, yeah. would I pay any tax? Uh, so if the holding company owns the the trading company, then the holding company is the one that tax rather than the individuals who own it. So that's one thing. Second thing, if it's a trading company, then it, as long as there's a 10% holding, then um, it's not taxable for any chargeable gains, that's it's called, which is basically capital gains
1: tax okay. for, for companies, so there's so that. So that would be you saying that under the substantial shareholder yeah, exemption yeah, for principal. companies that's yeah. a little loophole for them so that's, isn't that's it? if i yeah.
0: so as long as it owns more than 10 percent yeah yes yeah, so sure yeah. in a
1: whole in that simple scenario the holding company is gonna be holding yeah. 100 yeah 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 yeah
0: so then the, i sell it for a million quid okay my million yeah. quid sat in my holding company now because yeah. i've sold the shares yeah i obviously own the holding company uh-huh. i could take that but most of that, say most of that money and put it into investments and, and, and other things. So just yeah. because my trade has stopped doesn't necessarily mean that I can't keep
1: earning money. No. Yeah, yeah. but it'd be, the money would be in the holding company at that point wouldn't it? Yeah. So long as you're not selling the holding company, you're selling the trade. Yeah, yeah I'm yeah. still owning that, yeah. I'm keeping that yeah. for, forever. So you keep that money in there and then as you draw it out, that's you the tax. Yeah, it depends on how you draw it out then. Yes,
3: yeah. I mean the holding company can then buy properties, for example, and then rent them out and yeah. get an income like that, or you can, take out as dividends each year.
0: So can I, so can I? do I have to sell all of my shares or can I sell yeah. a proportion of my shares?
3: The proportion of shares, yeah, you don't have to sell it all. You just, some may choose to just have a sort of clean break and have all the money for it. And have that as a separate bank account or pension fund or whatever they want to do with it. Um, but yeah, you might choose to only sell part of it so you can have some sort of income source for it in the future or you want to pass it down to family members or, in the future, so if you sell forty percent to a third party and then sixty percent you retain for your family, that you got control. You then. Can, yeah, yeah, so
0: you, you can do that. You haven't got to just that's it. Walk away. No, you, it's you got, it's not all or nothing. It's how you want to yeah, yeah. negotiate it with the person buying or,
1: or your son or daughter. Yeah, yeah. So if you do have a tax liability when you sell your shares in the company, yeah, what rates of tax would you be looking at then?
3: Uh, so that's ten. So if capital gains tax, it would be ten or twenty percent. Um, if it was an individual selling it, selling it, and if it was a limited company selling it, and it wasn't covered by substantial shareholders'
1: exempt their relief, then you're, you'll be looking at um, the corporation tax rate. Yeah. So on an individual, then yeah, it's ten or twenty percent. Yeah. But if they, if it's trading company meets certain conditions, can it qualify for yeah. being a lower rate? Or? Yeah. So it will qualify. It could qualify. I should say for, uh, uh, for business asset disposal relief, which was
3: formerly called entrepreneurs relief. Yeah. yeah. Which is the ten percent. Um, no matter what
1: rate band you're in as long as you've got a lifetime allowance which is just another thing we can advise on yeah so to. it's worth noting on that lifetime allowance though isn't it because it used to be 10 million it's yeah. been reduced to a million so even yeah. if you've previously had five million you've lost your lifetime allowance now that's so right it goes back as unfortunately uh,
0: so, that, that's, uh, so when, when, when did that change 19, yeah. 2019. Could be, so, yeah. so, so anything that so, so if I say sold so before 2019, I sold I think I sold it you know sold my business for five million. Took that five million, pay, obviously pay the ten percent tax on it yeah. back then. I then sell my next business for two million. Yeah. You've lost it. Yeah. So lost I taxes. then pay the the higher rate, the twenty percent on 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 that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Ah, interesting. It's just to be aware of with the changing of the allowance, It's sort of tightening of the rules when I'm. What was entrepreneurs relief moving into business asset disposal relief?
0: Yeah. yeah, so
1: lots of rules have changed on that one. Yeah, lots of lots of rules. So you it's know tightening it. Well,
0: <laughs> oh yeah, it, it literally is, and a massive reduction in the, uh, in the in the allowance as yeah, well. Definitely. So, so yeah, so if I wanted to sell my shares um, mm-hmm. in my paint and plumbing business again, yeah. um, and how do I value do I have to value those shares or can I just put uh, them in a thin air
3: you, you, can, you can make an easy figure up but the buyer might not buy it for that much uh, that's the difference the valuation gives a fair value what or market value what we believe the value of the company to be at that point and with other things um, other tax sort of rules coming in then it's best to have an actual value to the Um, business even if you don't pay that you pay above or you pay below it at least there's a base value of what that is at least you know what
0: you're selling then don't you because otherwise the thing is if you make up a number out of thin air i suppose you could undervalue your own business
1: yeah yeah and that's important if you're gifting it as well isn't it Yeah, because if you're giving it to like a connected person then it's got to be at the market value yeah exactly so
0: So a connected person being a member of
1: my family or or someone close to you yeah related
3: wise in terms of yeah yeah So your yeah, second cousin would <laughs> yeah. that classify as... Uh, I don't know second cousin would actually. I could, cousins does. Cousins I does, think, yeah. yeah. Second yeah. cousin getting cousins a bit more, but distance. But yeah, still it's just to check that, with us yeah. rather than, you know, yeah, we can do the valuations. Yeah, valuations, yeah, they're a big thing that we do. Um, and there's things like due diligence as well, which is the other side of that. If, um, we're, if we've got a client purchasing rather than selling, so we, we do that sort of work as well. Yeah, that's
1: really important as well, because when you're buying the company, you don't want to be taking on any risk if they've done something wrong in the past. Probably yeah. by accident, they yeah. didn't realise, but if you're buying the company, you could be then liable for that. So. And, and just ah. ensuring
3: that we've looked at everything as well, because sometimes, for example, we've had some clients they have had major suppliers leave or customers disappear and things like that, and that will just change the company value completely. So that's the point of due diligence. That's the one side of it. The the valuation side of it is if you're selling your company. So, um, and then we look at different metrics for that, depending what's the best case. We look at a couple of different valuation techniques and stuff like that. So it's not something that a client would be able to easily do themselves and it's definitely worth having expert advice on it. But yeah, I think that, that's fair to say, isn't it? To make to protect everybody,
0: not just to protect, not just to protect yeah. the seller. It's to protect the buyer as well to protect everybody. Yeah. You know, it's really important that people get the maximum they can for their business, but equally fair. You know, and it's independently valued, then, isn't it? Yes, yeah. it's done by us. It's not just me saying it's uh, worth five million a Mark yeah. and it's worth fifty grand. You know, yeah. it's <laughs> it's about independently, and that way, it's it's the best the best yeah. way to do it.
1: It's a big life decision at the end of the day, selling your business that you've built up and. Uh, you want to get the best advice?
0: Absolutely. So
1: we've got the limited companies.
3: Can I sell my self employment business? Yeah, you can, yeah. yeah. Uh, sometimes you have self employment businesses that sell it to limited companies. If you think about um your plumber example, and they want to sell a client base yeah. to a company, um, a limited company, then yeah, you could sell that as well. It's an option. We have some clients that go from a sole trader to which is self employment, um, to a limited company. And, Will sell the trade to the limited company for tax planning reasons. So those of different um, aspects to selling sold trades as well. But so if I'm looking of, to
0: retire, yeah, will I end up pay? So do I end up getting the same tax breaks as if I was selling shares? So will but, I get the business asset disposal relief? Yes, you would. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay. So so it doesn't matter whether I'm selling shares, uh, you know, or or my self employment or my partnership. You know, we all, we're all because obviously there's a lot yeah. of small business out there. So, so long as it's, it's
1: meeting the trading conditions, that's all it's that's all yeah. there. So, so it's as long as it's a trade, yeah, yeah. you know, yeah. if it's an
0: investment, it's a little bit yeah. different, and there's different rules for investments, I believe. Yeah. but so if I've got a, a property portfolio for example yeah then that's got different rules to me being a, a, a trade so yeah. Being, yeah. you know a, a, tra- a trade isn't just you know sort of what you classify as a, as a builder or a plumber or whatever that includes so anything that's trading and paying yeah
1: so, yeah it's worth pointing out there as well individuals who've got companies but they own assets that company uses in their trade they can also qualify for that business asset disposal leap as well just so say, yeah yeah so you've got a warehouse or something that's used by your limited company no, so but, I own it personally yeah there's ah. certain conditions that have to be met on renting it and all that sort of thing but yeah there's potential there isn't there Steve yeah qualifying assets is yeah. The as the term, isn't it yeah, yeah so yeah. it's always so good
0: to, to contact it so it, that, that's perfect for, for retirement isn't it because I might be selling the where i might be selling the biz, keeping the biz, keeping the trade for example but selling the warehouse yeah yeah you know, there could be a so do I have to get rid of it all at the same time sell everything to where to get that allowance no, so I have to sell my shares in the company and my warehouse at the same time no no you can do it in separate transactions
1: interesting. It's just, mm. Yeah, I think there's a time frame isn't there after it's been used in your personal company but yeah. that's what we're here to advise on really so absolutely yeah, give yeah. you the options of what you can do.
0: Today's not an answer an answer session. it's all case by case it's yeah, just yeah, it's just yeah. to give people an idea of what what's out there. So so if I sold my business business to my son or daughter yes. could I remain working within my business? Yeah,
3: there's no there's no um problem with that ah
0: so so i'm going to worry about being jobless you know some business and that's it i want to stop no. and go work somewhere else no. i can actually stay working with what i was doing before but then I pass the ownership to somebody else because i
1: don't want to run it anymore i just want to turn and into my job yeah some people like that as well they like to have the person that was there before on an advisory role sometimes it could be for two years or something mm. like afterwards kind yeah. so of those. Like continuity for the like customers and suppliers as well we see that with sales there's a lot of
3: um in the share agreements it's so and so we'll remain we're involved in business for two years after sale for yeah. as a consultant. That's quite common that is. Um and we usually include that in that sort of shell the sale price and the show agreement. So you can be semi, effectively, then at that point, you're probably semi-retired.
0: Yeah. Really, you're not fully retired. You, yeah. you, you,
1: you, you're semi-retired. You're gradually stepping away from the business, as right it, rather it right. than it being like a cliff edge. One day you're there, next day. That's you're it. Not. Yeah, that's <laughs> it. Yeah, nothing.
0: Nothing. <laughs> Although it'd be probably good for two weeks or so, and <laughs> you're back at it again. Yeah. <laughs> so if I'm in business, let's just say it's, it's me and me and Mark. i yeah. Key Mark, we're in business together. we again, are we? Oh, we can. We can be. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I'm I'm older than Mark. Um, not in real life, but I'm older than Mark in this example. <laughs> I'm I'm 65 and, and Mark is 40. Yes. So I want to retire, yeah. but obviously Mark, unfortunately, can't retire.
3: So what options have, have I got? Can I retire? You, you can retire if you want. Um, Mark might want to take on the business basically, as he's the uh, main of a person. Operating, so you might trust Mark with your shares and say, Do you want to buy out of the business and buy my shares for me? Yeah. And you can do that on certain, different, there's different ways of doing that. Um, I won't go too much in detail, but we can advise on different schemes that you can get involved with to do that. Okay. Or it can be as mm-hmm. straightforward as selling the business. They might imagine buyback is the term we use usually. Someone's heavily involved in business um, and then they want to buy um, a proportion of the shares of the owner who no longer wants them. So, you could so it within
0: that, then I can use effectively if I haven't got if Mark hasn't got the money
3: to buy me out, yeah.
0: Mark can use effectively
3: our company's money, yeah, to buy me out. That's one option, yeah. Okay, or you can do loans. Um, there's loads of different options on that, it just depends on the circumstance of the individual. It's a case by yeah. case, isn't it? I think yeah. it's just it's just to give a flavour that actually, just because you know, just because
0: Mark hasn't got the money privately to, to buy me out doesn't mean it can't happen, yeah. No. And we're stuck, I'm stuck then going until I'm 90, yeah, you know, because I wanted to be out of 65. Yeah. You know, Mark. Then Mark. You know, we would have at the same time, wouldn't we? <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, but but it, it can happen. So the, the, so actually, he could, well, we, I could I could remain in the business, but I? I could retire, yeah. take my pension, but actually still remain within the business, and then yeah. Mark carry on and pay yeah. me. So mm-hmm. so there are, there are many many options out there for, for 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 retirement, and actually you know it's it's not actually the point of retirement. I'm going backwards a little bit. But and it's it's probably not quite in, in in this area. But if I from my company, mm-hmm. can I contribute to my pension from my business to prepare for retirement?
3: Yeah, that's not a problem at all. Um, there's different um, benefits from giving pension contributions straight from a company as an employer, um, as opposed to doing it privately. Okay. Um, so I, so I okay. can pay it out of my company. So if I was to pay it out of my company, I'm
0: going yeah. to go on the limited company point of view to start okay, with. Okay, yeah, yeah, There's two scenarios. So if I go out of my limited company yeah. and I can make pension contributions into my into my pension Yes. up to, what is there a, a maximum
3: in? It? It's 40,000 gross amounts, so you have to gross it by tax. Um,
1: for general people, isn't it? If you're, if you're high earners, it can be reduced, but more, yeah. for now, we're Just, yeah, just, keep, board, it sim- just keep it yeah, simple.
0: Yeah, yeah. So I can pay 40,000 pounds yes. out of my limited company Yeah. into 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 my pension yeah. every, every year so if it's so if I did, say i was in a fortune position i could do that yeah so i could do that every single year until i retire to give yeah. myself a nice and i'll get tax relief on that money in yeah.
1: the company yeah yes yeah not me but okay. as an individual yeah yeah, yeah. 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 So, yes. as, i'm talking to me as a company yeah, though, yes. yeah, so, honest, yeah corporation yeah. tax yeah. so yeah, the company pension. will say corporation tax whatever rate it pays yes, yes. On,
0: on on that
1: yeah you do have to be careful it needs to be a market value that you're given, say, you can't abuse that by putting, say, about like eighty thousand. You put in there, put eighty thousand in. If the role you're doing in the company doesn't warrant that, well, you've just got to be a bit careful, to making sure it's commercially viable. And yeah, so that's that's the word. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So as long as the, the, as
0: long as that my salary plus my pension contribution is commercial, yeah, exactly. that job role, yeah, then
1: you can you can do
0: it. So let's just say we, we, that me and Mark are not a limited company now. Yeah, we are a partnership. Okay. Um, and then we we were to um, want to contribute towards our pension. Yeah. And we get the same,
3: effectively, the same tax relief. It's yeah. Effect. I think effectively is probably a good word for that. If you've got a sole trader partnership, you're looking at income tax. If you're looking at a limited company, you're looking at corporation tax.
1: Yeah. So basically, what happens with individuals is when you put your money into a private pension, the government will then put twenty percent on top. So it's right. grossed up. Whereas in a company, you pay out gross. So when an individual does it the government add it on top so you've got to stick to that 40s being the gross so you'd no, actually be putting in 30, 32-ish. 32-ish yeah yeah yeah, and yeah then the government would add on the extra to get you to your 40.
0: ah okay i get you i get you right okay so that's how it works so it works differently so actually yeah if i've got excess cash it might be an idea to look at the pension yeah.
1: avenue. It's very much case by case, isn't it, Steve? You yeah. yeah. want to look at both options isn't it, and see which is going to well, be the best and what your circumstances are as well. As so well, there
0: are options yeah. in there before you even get to retirement of what you can do. Yeah, you know, you can eat. You can, I suppose, you can sell the, the shares over a period of time. You know, there's all sorts of different things you can you can do. It hasn't got to just happen one day and that's all of a sudden done. Yeah, it can happen over ten years, you know, two years, whatever. Mm-hmm. I suppose it's always best to plan ahead. Yeah, and that was a, your little uh, strapline, isn't it, Mark? <laughs> always plan ahead. Always, always plan ahead. ahead. Don't be on the back foot. That's always plan <laughs> ahead. <That's laughs> <it. laughs> you know, I think there's, there's an awful lot of thing, things to consider with the, the retirement, isn't there? You know, actually, you know, is is it worth the pension? Is it worth you know selling the shares? Is it because I suppose once you've sold the shares, mm-hmm. that's it. Your, your income can potentially be finished at that point, so other than your pensions. But you can remain in the business and then employ the people to do that. Yeah. yeah. So you therefore
1: you maintain your income. Yeah. so there's all sorts of avenues really when it comes to retirement definitely and if you're thinking about it or even if you're like thinking about it in 10 years time come and have a chat with us and we can yeah. go through the options can't you Steve that's what, yeah, that's what, 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 we're it's it's what we do yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's easier I suppose it's easier to put
0: things in and you'll probably see this every day it's easier yeah. to put things in motion early rather than me come to you and say I'm looking
3: to retire next year what can I do? You can unwind a lot of problems and then things like pensions as well you have unused balances that are uh, allowances you've got from previous years so earlier you kind of look at the more benefit you're gonna get.
0: So I can actually put it's up to forty thousand. So you can put yeah. ten a year. You can put in what whatever. You don't lose obviously the yeah the entitlements. That's really interesting. That's per is that per business partner as well. That's per
3: individual.
0: Yeah. So so me and yeah. Mark. So we yeah. could actually if if we decide to do it now, you could where we are. To, we like could that, actually yeah. go back. Yeah me if we're that cash knocking around, eh?
1: <laughs> I was gonna say we just need that company now, don't we?
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But it's 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 there and I think it's it's worth really thinking about that because that is one of the big people, self employed people don't always pay for their pensions early. No. Yeah. they think about, you know, paying their right. pension pay with their, their national insurance to make sure they keep their state pension, but don't think yeah. about their, you know, sort of like personal pension yeah. till they get to fifty five or what whatever.
1: Yeah, I think it's something we're all guilty of, isn't it? Obviously if you're employees. You're, most people will be in workplace schemes now, but if you're self employed or even director of a limited company, you should be thinking about your personal benefits. Yeah, 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 earlier the better I'd have thought. Yeah.
0: So, am I better off looking at? I suppose you can explore all, but come in and have a chat with us and actually look at
3: all the options that are there. Yeah, that's what we tend to do. I mean, when I get um, when I get anything to do with corporate stuff, we look at it from a lot of angles it's accounts, tax, all the taxes, legal, business, commercial. We look at it and we come up with different solutions, and this is what we think you might do, but you actually have option one, two, five, seven, eight, nine, ten. You know, so that's yeah, it's quite open-ended, and again, a specific. To it's it has, that's,
0: that's fascinating, actually, the fact there are so many avenues,
3: so many options. Yeah. They're totally all different. different. Every, every piece of work I have is completely different. Yeah, yeah. it's all that's, case by case, yeah. isn't
0: it? Yeah, and that, that, that's, perfect. That's, that's 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 exciting, actually. That's yeah. exciting from, yeah. a, from, a, from a from a client point of view. I think that's really really exciting. Yeah, because actually, I. There might be avenues that people haven't even thought about that they can do.
3: Yeah, definitely not. And a lot of people don't know things about trusts and and restructuring and things like that. And there's those. Yeah, it's a big, uh, big wild world.
0: <laughs> yeah, but it's, it's it's good. It's good. It's you know, possibilities are, are really endless. And actually, one thing you can attach to another thing. I, I'd, I'd have thought, and then yeah, and actually, you know, use use those different vehicles yeah. and those different things that we've got that
3: we can use. But when we tax plan, we usually look at short term, then mid term, then long term. So there's We'll come up with different strategies for different points of time. Okay, well, this is what you're doing until one year one and two. Then year three and four, we're we'll gonna look at this. Then five and six, we're we'll gonna look at a different thing. And it's just the time, and that's why it's good to stay with the same accountant for that amount of time.
0: But people, but people can't. But people, you know, that have set those plans up with other accountants can can obviously yeah, over yeah. those plans. And you know, because those plans that are put in place two years ago may change. Yeah, yes. circumstances
1: change, don't they? Yeah, those lives change, so it's always worth reviewing them and speaking yeah. to us and.
3: Yeah, and we've got specialists and who deal with different areas. We've got somebody doing uh, specialist in trusts and some in corporate sort of things, that, which is what I get involved in, and then some other things, and and, and together we collectively come up with a plan that works across all elements of tax and accounts and all the rest of it. So it should, should help today and going forward, though, shouldn't it, and yeah, retirement, it should help for, 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 for all of them.
0: So I don't think, to be fair, from our, from our listeners and, and from me, I haven't
3: got any other any other questions. Have you, you Matt?
1: No, we've covered quite a lot, haven't we, so just yeah. given a general idea.
3: It's very broad. Yeah. Um, yeah, just encourage people to come in, contact us, and then we can see best how we can service their business. Brilliant. Thank you. Thank you very much for your time. Thank you. No problem.
0: Thank you. Thank you both to Anthony and Stephen for joining us today. We hope we have answered all your questions on HMRC investigations and inquiries and preparing your business for
1: retirement. Thank you for listening to episode three. So we'll be answering all your questions on wills and inheritance tax next month with a new guest speaker. Ooh. To um, submit your questions, please text or WhatsApp us on 01905 777 600. There's that number again. <laughs> um, all your questions will be answered anonymously, so don't worry about what you send in. We'll be happy to answer anything we can for you. So please tune, tune in for episode four.